Just a little pre-warning for our listeners that today's episode contains a little bit of swearing. Hello, I'm Ashley. And I'm Gary. And welcome back to episode 10 of Choose Film, a real retrospective podcast, where we take a deep dive into a random film each week chosen by our guest host. And today we are joined by the lovely Katrina Allen, who has chosen the film Booksmart. Thank you so much for joining us, Katrina. Well, thank you for having me. And can you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Yep, of course. So I'm Katrina Allen. I'm a writer, actor and filmmaker from originally from Edinburgh, um, based between Glasgow and London. I have, so I studied acting back in 2013, 14, then been living in London for seven years. Um, and I have this year started creating my own films. I've always worked within films, working short films with a company called One More Storm Productions and um, Sarah Grant Creative. And uh, this year I started working with BBC The Social and BBC Short Stuff, creating sketches and short films for them. Nice, nice, I love it. And can you let our listeners know, why did you choose Booksmart when we uh, asked you to choose a film for the feel-good theme? I uh, Honestly, when you first asked me to be on it and you said, oh, the theme's feel-good, I was like, I know exactly what I'm going to choose <laughs> because this is a film I could talk for days about and it, it it genuinely does make me feel good every time I watch it um, but I also love the fact that I feel good but I'm thinking and that it gets you to discover new things every time you watch it or certainly that's for me um, and it just makes me laugh out loud I've seen it now I think four times and I laugh out loud every if not more every time I watch it <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I that's why I chose it I definitely agree with you on that one I love it it's just it's the epitome of feel good isn't it yeah. just one you you don't even even if you don't want to pay attention to it that much and you just want to have it on yes. you're still going to brighten up it's so good yeah um, about it. yeah yeah so let's all rate the film out of 10 gary what did you rate it out of 10 so i gave it a 7 out of 10 i think it's a film i need to watch again maybe this was the same thing that kind of happened with me with ladybird I think the film was really hyped up. Then I went into the cinema to watch it and I was like, I don't get the hype. I don't. So this is my first time watching it. There's some really good stuff in there, but I kind of, I don't know, for me, it kind of sagged halfway through it and then picked itself up again towards the end. So we'll get into that, but yeah, seven, seven out of ten just now. Yeah. Okay, Katrina, what about you? Uh, I'll, be, I'll give it a nine. Yeah, I wanted to give it a nine out of ten. Not completely mm-hmm. perfect, but for me it hits a lot of the marks. Um, yeah. And I can forgive any sort of... Because it packs so much in, I can forgive the little things that a lot of people don't agree with. Yeah, definitely. And I gave it an 8.5 out of 10, purely because the first time I watched it, I probably would have given it a 10 out of 10, and I think I was too used to it Used to it um, this time. But yeah, still loved it, still loved it. So for our listeners um, who haven't watched the film, here's a little synopsis for you to get a little sense of what is going on. So the academic overachievers, Amy and Molly, thought that keeping their noses to the grindstone gave them a leg up on their high school peers. But on the night of graduation, or the night before graduation even, the best friends suddenly realised that they may have missed out on the special moments of their teenage years. So determined to make up for lost time, the girls decide to cram four years of not-to-be-missed fun into one single night. And what a night it is. We have to go to a party tonight. What? Nobody knows that we are fun. We didn't party because we wanted to focus on school and get into good colleges. And it worked. But the irresponsible people who partied also got into those colleges. I'm incredible at hand jobs, but I also got a 1560 on the SATs. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. He broke art rules. Rosa Parks. Name another Susan one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. Picture this. I'm a bag of... Put me to your lips. Hand sanitizer. Check. Chapstick. Check. Mace. Listen, it is very important that you keep the safe... Oh! oh! Ah! Baby! Don't touch your eyes! Tonight is your night. Yes! 
Just re ask the questions. Oh my god. How old are you? Does not matter. <laughs> so, let's get started on our three positive points that we're each going to talk about for the film. And Gary, do you want to take us away? Sure, why not? Yeah, just throw me in at the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> Since you gave it a um, low rating. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go with just kind of the exciting incident and high school life in general, actually. So I've named my first point the toilet scene and no real bullying. So the toilet scene I'm talking about is when she's in the cubicle at the start and she hears the other students kind of bickering and talking about her. And it was really heartbreaking to watch at first. It was done really well. And then I thought she was going to come out and f- almost feel feeling kind of let down. But when she comes out of that school, uh, when she comes out of that cubicle, she actually just tells him straight what she thinks. She still plays it cool. She's tough and she's confident. And then that's obviously the exciting incident that starts them on this, this journey. But at that point, when she was in the cubicle, I thought, is this going to be like another typical American high school comedy film and it's really not um, and even to the point with the other characters all the characters are quite clever in it, there's no like real stupid characters that you think aren't going to get past high school and like they're going to be working you know like outside one of like the department stores with a sign twirling it, like there's nobody that's going to go into that, they're all really clever so I can't remember the girl's name but she says to Molly we cared about school, but we didn't just care about school. And I thought that's a really well-written line there. Um, but yeah, so like, there's nobody really treating them badly. There's no guys that are like sleeping with them just for a one-night stand. They're not bullied for being geeks when they arrive at the party. Actually, everybody's nice. Usually in these like high school dramas, uh, these high school comedies, sorry, like, the bully of it will usually get their comeuppance at the end. You know, something outrageous will happen to them and they're put in their place. But there's none of that in here. It is literally just Molly and Amy's story. And I think it's very contemporary with the time. There's none of these old high school tropes in it. Yeah, and I think as well, they kind of show that it doesn't matter what your high school journey is. Like, all these kids are going on to, like, amazing schools. One of them's got a... Has he not got a job, um... It's the guy who gets with Miss Fine. He's got a with job Google in Google. Google. Yeah, Google yeah. recording job with Google. Yeah, and he's yeah. Like, oh, it's not Apple, but I know it's good enough. It's a hundred. Uh-huh. It's over. It's like three figure salary, mid three figure, and you're like, what? Out of high school? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's like they're all they're all going off to be successful. So it doesn't matter whether they were straight A students, literally only cared about studying, or if they had a life outside school. They're all successful, and it's that kind of positivity and optimism when you're watching it as well um yeah I definitely like that there's no no really harsh bullying yeah there's arguments and stuff in it but these things get resolved and actually at the end everybody's getting to do what they want yeah because I, I, I had that thought about the the bullying it's that she comes out and she's like I'm going to talk you straight back she's witty because she's smart she's very witty they all are and so they all have comebacks they, they're not self-degrading they're like I know myself so therefore I can come back and be like I'm not going to be affected by your words or I'm going to come back but then actually she tries to put them down and they come back well you can't put us down because we're we're intelligent too and I think that's something I really love about it and that happens in most of them it's like that moment when um uh, Molly calls Annabelle triple and Amy's and that's a moment putting somebody down and then Amy says no like you don't call other women that and the, every time there's somebody trying to bully someone or degrade them, there's always a, a flip point to it where somebody points out how wrong that is, which I think is really clever writing in it. Yeah. 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 And I think with today's like students and people graduating as well, even when I went to school, like I know there was people at my school who literally left, went and got a job in like a shop or behind a bar, but now they're making so much more money than people who went straight to uni and things like that. And it is showing you that grades and school life doesn't mean a successful career. It's just how you like follow a path. Yeah, definitely. And everybody has their own path to go down. And whether mm-hmm. that's university or it's not, it's that way they're saying as long as you sort of understand yourself or learn about yourself, then you'll do all right. 
Yeah, 100%. Uh, so Katrina, what was your first point on the film? Um, so I think for me is the world that they drop you in is completely positive and forward thinking and they just expect you to keep up. You know, they don't try and over explain anything. They don't um, shove it down your throat. They're like, hey, we live in a world where there's gender neutral bathrooms, where there's gender queer people, uh, where no one is bullied. You know, the relationship between the teachers and the students is interesting. There's baseline respect amongst everybody and this world works. Um, because I think especially a film like this coming out in America and the America that we live in, where there a lot of these points are so, there's so much discourse and people want to have arguments about it. This film just goes, look, this world exists and it works. You know, where people don't discuss things. We have body positivity and sex positivity. And, you know, the, the main story, the main romance story is a lesbian romance story. And it's Amy that gets to go on that journey. And there's just so much within that, within throughout the whole film, and I just kept writing down points where I was like, they're talking about masturbation! You know, two young teenage girls are talking about masturbation. And yes, it's on the face of a teddy. But I love that because I'm like, that's somebody figuring things out and taking out the eye of a teddy. I mean, great. Um, and, you know, with the plus-size character, um, she never degrades herself. She accepts who she is. She talks to people about it. She accepts that her love interest might like skinny girls, but she's like, but that's not her going, oh, woe is me. Um, and I think they just cover so much of that um, within it because with, the writing is so clever um, on that. So yeah, I think that for me is the way, the fact that they drop you into this world and just expect you to keep up. So for me, the first time I watched it, I was, I think I did struggle to keep up because I was like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> um, and then every time I watch it, I notice more and more and more. Um, sorry, the feminism within it, the fact that these girls have on the walls um, my body, my choice, with this girl that's in a Christian family um, and they're accepting that. And also the references to the women throughout it where they're like, I'm going to nod towards these, you know, Rosa Parks, Malala, and saying that they obviously inspired the writers, so therefore this world exists and these people are intelligent and we need to give youth more credit. <laughs> As, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like the film itself encourages so much self-exploration and they're saying, you know, you can be a party animal and you can have good grades. You can be whoever you want to be. And in this world, you're not judged for that. You're not defined by that. You're unique and you're your own person. And yeah, that is just you saying that there. Definitely, like there's things that are coming up and I'm like, oh my God, yes. Like, I feel like they do it in a way. They bring up everything like the gender neutral bathrooms and the lesbian love story that's at the front of this as well and it's just it's done in such a way that it's just you can't I would challenge anyone who watches this film and can't accept any of that because it's done in such a beautiful way it's so uplifting and it's just so inclusive of everybody and yeah we need more films like this we need more films to bring us into that world as well yeah Absolutely. I also think that the casting choices are great as well. There's nobody, no matter how big or how small a part in it, there's nobody that's like overly good looking just to get an overly good looking person in it. And that's that, whether it's a high school comedy drama or just a genuine film, like I hate, you can just tell a casting sometimes, like where like everyone in the film is good looking and it just takes you out of the real world. Whereas this keeps you in it, like you you can believe everyone who's playing those parts are like that. Yeah, and also for the first time, I think I've seen teen drama where I'm like, oh, actually, I can't believe these are end of high school teenagers. Normally they look like 40 and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And most of them, yeah, have walked straight off a catwalk. And I'm like, yeah, sure, you might have had one of those model type people in your school, but not everybody looks like that. So you can't find yourself within that. Um, the casting, I, I had a note about the casting because I just think it's phenomenal. I think everybody in it is on point. Um, and also the, the casting of Ryan, um, which again on that point, she is, she's genderqueer in that she's, it's never fully explained whether she's straight or gay or bi or pan. She is just this, she's there and Amy, Amy likes her and she never asks her, are you gay? Um, and she, yes, yeah, she gets with Nick, but that doesn't necessarily mean that anything about her sexuality. And I think they explore that without saying anything about it, which is really clever. Um, and interesting, the casting director of this also cast Lady Bird, which I think mm. says a lot. I was like, mm -hmm. ah, I understand. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> the casting Bec in that is brilliant. Oh, 
I know. Mm-hmm. And wasn't Beanie Feldstein, I'm saying her name yeah. right, I hope so, um, wasn't she originally cast as like a different part that was written out yeah. and then they put her into the lead role? Because how can you not? She is oh, incredible. She's just amazing. She's, mm-hmm. also, she's, just, she's just perfect in that role. I mm-hmm. think they both are. Um, and I remember looking up her age and being like, damn. <laughs> I yeah. wish I looked that young. <laughs> I know, I know. Because um, I think she's, what, 27 now? Yeah, she's 27, 27 now. now. Yeah. Crazy. And fun fact for our listeners, I'm sure we mentioned this in the mm-hmm. Ladybird episode, but her brother is Jonah Hill. And once you know that, you cannot unsee it. Yeah. You cannot unsee it. Because <laughs> I remember finding that out and being like, oh, it's not true. And then looked it up and was like, it is true. Oh, wait, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I'm just now going to have to change one of my quiz questions. <laughs> oh, sorry, Gary. <laughs> um, another thing on um, casting uh, in regards to high school as well, I-, I read somewhere that in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, he has actually come out and said that most of the, the average age of the actors playing high school people were actually like 35, 36. Oh my! I read that somewhere. So I find wow. that I find that so interesting as an actor because there's a lot of time people are like mm, no. It's but I think in the UK they're like no, you really can't play younger than maybe 23, mm-hmm. and you're like, but these people are like 36 and playing 18 year olds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I honestly remember when I first watched Derry Girls and I looked mm. up one of the actors. I think it's Nicola. Nicola, yeah. And she was 30, and I was like amazing I could be in something like that I'm 24 and then like looking at my casting age and I'm like oh no I'll need to put that up a little bit yeah I did that for a while I'm like oh, I'm just gonna get that up yeah it's definitely it? oh yeah yeah um so my first point about the film is the endless slow-mo shots with the badass music I love them it just sort of takes you in especially to Molly's perspective of what she is truly seeing for the first time because she has not seen most of these people. She has been in her own little world or her and Amy's little world and her eyes are finally opening up um, and it's the slow-mo of like the other students coming into the school and then when they're having the kind of end of um, school party in the corridor and there's like confetti and water balloons and whatever um, and then when they kind of zoom in on Molly finding out about the others in the toilet scene um, that are going to the schools and Oh, there's another one as well. When the she realizes the strawberries have been like dipped in ayahuasca or whatever it is, it's all the realization comes in these slow mo shots, and there's so many of them that I didn't notice the first time I watched it. But now because I was obviously looking for things to talk about and what stood out to me, I was like, oh my god, these are nonstop. But I love them because it's just drawn straight into mostly Molly's mind. Um, and the utter chaos that she's experiencing and I just love that I think it really encapsulates you know her high school experience and how now she's going into real life and she's not really dealt with the outside world for so long so yeah I love those I absolutely I was the same I went through them and I noticed them this time more um watching it yeah, I think maybe a third or fourth time, and I was like, "Oh, there's all these moments, and it they use it, but it never gets repetitive." I think if anything, yeah. it just makes those poignant moments stands out. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and it just forces you to be like, "Okay, okay, things are changing for her, and she's not in control of this, but she's gonna have to change her outlook now." Um, but yeah, I love that. So, Gary, what's your second point? Yeah, no, that ties in quite nicely. My second point is on the cinematography as well, and there were some really nice stylized scenes in there, um, but they never ever over egg the pudding. Like it's it's done when it's needed. Uh, so, for example, when they're at the pool party and there's those underwater shots, it's really really beautifully shot. It does slow down as well. It's almost dreamlike, but nothing's like over sexualized in it either. You know, like usually when there's pool parties that's like usually just everyone running about half naked but it's none of that it's just it's almost poetic and so there's that there's also some really nice ones where they both enter the the party and molly sees nick and then it does this whole dance routine which is obviously in her head of the two of them like dancing together at the party and that is also also beautifully shot and then the last one was when they're having the argument at the house party about um, moving away and 
it's all done in one shot and the camera just kind of sways from left to right depending on who's shouting and as that's happening you just kind of see all the phones coming up recording them and it was almost like being at the theatre peeking from behind the curtain and seeing the actors and then seeing the live audience behind them it was just really nicely done and you know it's a good shot when you don't notice that it's one shot that the camera's not cutting if you don't notice that then they've done something really special there no, I, was, I noticed that when she came out of the pool. I said that when I watched this time, and oh my gosh, that st- shot is stunning because she comes out of the pool and she's obviously in this very woozy head state where she's just watched Ryan kiss Nick and she has to go and try and find Molly and she's doing that. And I suddenly noticed the camera is moving with her, and it, but it does it so smoothly that you don't, as you say, you don't notice it, but it it helps encapsulate everything as she is feeling within that moment. And they do that throughout the film, and I just think it's really, really clever. It's very clever storytelling with the cinematography. Mm-hmm. It's almost elegant mm-hmm. the way the camera follows her. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. And even in that underwater scene as well, it's the perfect amount of time. You know, they could have they could have just dipped in and out, and you know, it doesn't. It sort of I kind of feel like it highlights the exploration a little bit that they stay on that for longer. But they also could have dragged out that scene for so much longer and just made it look really cool underwater. But they didn't. It's all moving the story forward and. Yeah, I loved it. It's very seamless. Yeah, I think as well these these scenes really work being stylized because as we've already spoke about, it's it's their first time out and about at these parties, so they are seeing it in this dreamlike state, and I think that's why the camera does what it does. And as I say, it doesn't overdo it because it's only when they are almost in this trance of what they're seeing. It's like. When you see something and you're in awe of it, the camera almost represents that. And also each party has its own sort of cinematography style. And that goes also with the set design and everything. But they go from Bash's party, Jared's party, over to George's party, over to the the final party. And each of them has their own specific style and cinematography within it, which is just clever storytelling as well. Yeah, Just on that as well, see when they arrived at the boat for the boat party, Mm -hmm. I actually thought they had... I actually thought they'd went to the right party before, obviously, you see the interior. And I was like, why did I never get invited to a boat party <laughs> when I was at high school? This looks amazing. And then, obviously, inside, I just needed a few guests. I'd have been happy there. Yeah. Maybe that's me getting old, though. Just a few guests, not, nothing too much. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted a quiet party where somebody's trying to shove yeah. food in my face all the time. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so, Katrina, what was your second point on the um, film? Well, I'll change, I'll end on sort of my top point because it kind of mm-hmm. ties into that. For me, the I just, when I was writing notes all the way through, I just kept saying music, music, music. And the music in this film is just wonderful again like the cinematography it's its own storytelling device and the way they use it throughout to so the beginning shot they have this the sound design where she's coming in and she's got this self-help book and then it's like take over they i don't know if i could swear <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah yeah go for it <laughs> yeah um and you're just like yeah i feel that and then she comes out yeah what was it fuck them and their stupid fucking faces and then she's like i'm taking my braces out yeah <laughs> um <laughs> and she comes out like dancing to her and amy or molly and amy are dancing outside the, outside the car and you're like yeah this is really cool and then the music cuts out and you're like yeah there's just two idiots dancing in the street but i love them for it um, yeah. And also just the music all the way throughout, like Ryan, when we first see Ryan through Amy's eyes, has her own theme tune that comes in only when Amy is focusing on Ryan. When we come back to Molly talking about Ryan in that moment, it cuts out again. And it's that clever way throughout that I don't feel like the music... Some films I feel like the music's trying to force you to feel something, whereas this one I feel as though they were using it as a storytelling device. And it caused you to feel things because music does that, but it wasn't used as a ploy to be like, oh, we're going to make you cry now, we're going to make you laugh. We're like, we're going to have fun with this. Um, And I just loved it the whole way throughout. Yeah, me too. That's actually my next point as well, was the music. You cannot ignore it in this film. It's incredible. And when they're they're going on that mission of getting ready for their first party. They're changing, they're throwing all their cards into the bag, they've got the mace, um, they're giving each other like the biggest compliments and there's that just badass, like, let's get shit done song. Um, Throw It Down by Dominique Young Unique. I didn't know it, but I was like, it was a let's go song, this is happening. And it just makes you feel like you're going with them. 
Um, and definitely, like you said, Katrina, it's, it's all about the storytelling with this music. Um, and there's a really, really smart one when they are on the boat and Gigi comes over and she's obviously like, she's away with it. You know, we don't know where she is in the world, but it's definitely her own little world. world. And there's a song called Bat Shit. Um, and it just goes like, bad shit, bad shit, bad shit, crazy. And it's really, really subtle, but it's just as she's over at them with the strawberries. And I was like, oh my God, yes. Like, I didn't notice it the first time, but I was like, that's so clever. Um, and then, of course, when they go into next party and then Lizzo is playing, like, I love Lizzo and I will always love Lizzo. Oh and I was God. like, you couldn't have picked up a more perfect song. And it just, it takes you on that journey of also they're finally feeling like badass party girls they're in it they're ready they're here for it um and yeah the storytelling through the music is incredible and for me it's not really something that I focus on a lot when I'm watching films I think mostly like doing acting I'm always looking for performance or you know themes or relationships and I couldn't not notice the music in this one so absolutely Katrina it's a standout standout part of the film yeah i think also just on the i because i looked it up afterwards like right okay well what is it that makes the music special and it's like well it was the sound well the music was picked by a dj called dan the automator i think it is and he so allowing a dj to make a soundtrack is gonna inform your music for your film in a very different way than if it's a composer or a music somebody that always does music for film because you're like they can pick the tone for parties and for everything because that's their that's a dj's job is to pick up a room or you know make a room drop they're very clever within that so it does it helps you feel like you're on the party with them yeah that's so interesting i love it i love it yeah i would also say as well some of the music which i think works for it sounds like something that our two main characters maybe wouldn't normally listen to which again so as as they're trying new things they're experiencing new things we're ex- they're experiencing mm-hmm. this new music so to speak as well yeah and there's also just going back to that pool scene um the song when that pool scene happens in the lyrics it says don't hold back and you never have to hide and i just think that's such a theme for the film you know like expressing your true self and being authentic and how everyone is succeeding no matter who they are what their journey is and I just thought that song perfect timing and obviously when you think um Amy and Ryan are going to get together and stuff obviously that doesn't work out but it's still the essence of everyone just being unique that I loved um so yeah song choices were top top form for this film (laughs) absolutely Gary what is your third point I can't believe we're on our third point already yes so mine is actually my last main point is just on Molly and Amy and their relationship and them as main characters so obviously as we've said Molly is a bit of a geek but she's also strong and she's confident she's playing it cool and I think having a character like Molly as your main character shows there's nothing wrong with being a geek I think society is learning that more and more with like different things coming out and the way people are being treated what else is great is as well, usually when you've got the geeky girl in either like a rom-com or a comedy, they're almost forced into situations that knocks them out of their comfort zone. But it's it's Molly that's the go-getter and she's almost the one that's pushing her friends into these situations, not the other way around. So I thought that was really interesting as well. Um, usually it's the geek that's kind of pressured into these situations by like peer pressure of needing to go to the party or needing to have sex or lose their virginity but none of that is in here at all which is great although i would say it's molly's story more than amy's i actually found amy's story more interesting to follow amy i would say changes more as a character through the story than molly does and she's truly trying to find herself like and who she is and by the end of it she's putting herself in unfamiliar situations obviously there's like the lesbian bathroom half sex scene which was hilarious as well to watch but then there's the scene after that where the police show up and then she puts herself in that situation to get the police to chase her so as everyone else can escape so yeah I just I just think the two characters almost work really well together and I found it interesting myself that I um, was enjoying the I don't want to say secondary character but 
the supporting characters journey more than than our main character. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the one night that actually prepares Amy for her gap year. I think in this one day, she learns more about herself and about what she wants and how she's been living than she probably has in her whole high school journey. Um, Yeah, especially when she's like breaking off from Molly at, at times, like in the argument, I'm sure she says something about how Molly's always the one to decide like what they do and they have to do it together. And then she's going not only for summer to Botswana, but she's going for a whole gap year. And I think maybe she wasn't ready for that and that's why she never told Molly. And then when it comes out, she is ready for that by the end of this film. Mm. It's interesting what you say, Gary, because I think, yeah, I think the first time I watched it, I would have thought it was Molly's film. But having watched it again, I'm like, no, I think it is Amy's film. Part of the reason that you've pointed out there, or it's they do a such good way of balancing it because we start out thinking it's Molly's film because we start on her and it's, you know, it's told through her ga- like gaze at first. But then actually when you think about it, we don't meet any of Molly's family we don't really see Molly doesn't decide yeah what she's going to do going to do she's always on the same trajectory whereas Amy we meet her family twice um we know what she's been going through we're in her bedroom we're talking about her masturbating we're talking about everything going on for her um so I think it's that way of actually yeah maybe it's the clever storytelling of we think you, this story is going to be about Molly, but actually we want to show you that the underdog or the person that's supposed to be the side character is the main character in this story and in their own story, I guess. Yeah, it kind of comes back to what we said, Ashley, on the Ladybird episode, yeah. where I felt it was the mum's story in Ladybird, but it was told through Ladybird's eyes. And I feel it's kind of similar uh, here as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, because they... they they work so well together and I suppose it's that thing without Molly would Amy well Amy wouldn't be where she is but she needs to learn to break away from Molly which is similar to Ladybird I guess it's like that they have such a fraught relationship and but they wouldn't be where they are without each other yeah Yeah. and again I don't know if this is any any of your points but it's like Amy who ends up getting herself arrested as well and that was usually something that would happen to your main character you know and then the secondary character would come and bail them out of jail or whatever it may be, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think because Molly has been the leader out of the two of them for probably the whole time they've known each other, Molly's more outspoken and she's kind of pushing Amy to do things, to talk to Ryan, like, well, if you're not going to talk to Ryan, I'm going to talk to Ryan. And I think that, yeah, this is Amy's story and she's probably had a little bit of an overbearing influence from Molly because she is so forward and she is like taking them on this journey too um so maybe us seeing it from Molly's eyes starting off is because Amy's actually kind of over not overwhelmed by her but there's a huge influence from her all encompassed by her isn't she yeah Yeah. because Molly is the strong voice in that you know friendships you tend to you can find that there is one with the stronger voice because that's you know yin and yang people tend to work like that and so, yeah, is that where she's like, ah, I'm going to follow her. And it's the moment she gets to stand up and be like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get myself arrested <laughs> because she's like, I'm not a coward. Yeah, it's so there's usually two types of main characters in, in the film. So you've usually got one where they're a go-getter. They'll go and actively pursue something. Or you've got another type of main character where shit happens to them. And it's how they deal with that. So you've got Molly, who is the go-getter, and you've got Amy, who is shit happens to them, and it's how they change it. Definitely. Absolutely. So, Katrina, what is your final point? So it's, it's actually the same as yours, Gary, but I've got other points. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was, like, Amy and Molly's relationship. Um, but I think the other things I'll take from that is that... So, yeah, you've, I think we've already said this, that normally the nerds are the ones that are, you know, the outcasts. They're normally on a journey of self-discovery. But these are two women that know each other. Amy more so is on a journey of self-discovery. But actually what this film is, is not necessarily about them going on a journey of self-discovery, but discovering the people around them and the who they really are. You know, they know them. They're like, oh, they're the jocks. They're the people that are going to, you know, party a lot. They're them. And you, they delve in to so many different storylines and I feel like yes of course they don't delve deeply into them um, but they give you an idea of everybody and they break down what their perception of all their peers and their teachers really are you know the teacher that they really revere who is this you know really cool person is like actually just really broken and a little bit 
not sure what she's doing with her life and goes out to a party with kids like she's not this all being all great thing that they think she is um and also the fact that the so yeah the 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 popular girl that has the name triple a and you think that she's the popular girl and she's like actually i just i've been bullied like i've been called triple a and i don't want to be called that and i think that's you know a, a highlight to the film of like it's bad when people call you names but it's worse than women call each other names because you just wouldn't expect them to do that um and those relationships throughout it there are some i think they didn't delve into um but everybody sort of goes on a journey you know we watch jared bash go on this journey <laughs> he's the character you should hate i can't remember already said that but we should hate him and i don't i love him like yeah. we constantly are in the flat are just like let's get bashed because it's just and he's like no cons- <laughs> Sorry, that should say consensually bashed. And I'm like, I appreciate that. Um, but it's the nuances within those characters that I really, really enjoy. And I think this film allows us to explore those characters because it takes a teenage high school drama and it gives you a full cinematic experience and it allows this story, which is normally like, oh, it's teenage girls, and says, no, no, we're going to throw everything at this. We're going to give you the best cinematography. We're going to give you the best music. We're going to give you the best lighting because the lighting in it is amazing. Um, best colour palette, the costumes are going to be on point and the script is going to be incredible to prove that these stories about young teenage women are the most important because they're the most put down within society. Um, and normally we don't get that within these teenage drama films. Um, we're going to break apart your stereotypes and we're going to... I mean, I don't know if you're showing us how it actually is. I mean, how many people in America have access to a boat and giant houses? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. But then I'm like, well, it's Nick's aunties and it's George is the only one that's got this insane house um but yeah those that relationship between the two I think it's strong female relationships and a strong female voice as well within this which is clear because it's a female director and female writing team and predominantly female producers um I think they've just not been afraid and not shied away from anything which I really enjoy yeah it's the film that I wish I had in maybe like fourth year of high school yeah if I could have watched that then I feel like I would have had a different perspective <laughs> on my school school years yeah you'd be able to break everyone apart and be like oh I get it now <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah oh it's okay to stand up for myself and be educated and to also talk back because I you know I know what I'm talking about um yeah and to, to not worry I think it's that they are so educated they they understand themselves they're really well read but then they obviously they realize they miss out on stuff but it means they can come into conversations where people you think are going to put them down and they're like no no you don't get to put me down because i know myself and yeah. i'm good and molly more so than amy but amy molly amy still pulls like molly up on her shit and other people on their crap because she's just like no that's not okay um, yeah which yeah yeah it's funny as well about you saying how you're supposed to hate jared and you don't i don't think there's anyone in this that you, you do hate which is which is really really good. Like usually there would be that you know arsehole student, but there's there's no one in here that they're all just kind of quirky and they've got their own personality and their own style. And but it's it's well yeah for example like Hope the one that Amy ends up getting with she is probably the one that's seen like you would expect Annabelle to be the bully or Triple A but it's not it's Hope that is probably the bigger bully. But even then when she turns around is is mean and nasty and is just this person that we're supposed to hate, Amy turned around and was like, why are you like this? You know, she questions us on that and she questions why this character would be this nasty. And we don't really find out why, but they have a discussion and they get together and then it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think... Yeah, it turns... Sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, I think in any other film where um, the person, the love interest gets with someone else, I would hate both those people. I'd be like, no, this isn't the way it's supposed to be, but... You just accept it and you think, okay, so these these two are getting together. What's next for our leads? Um, and yeah, everybody's journey is essential and valid and really great to watch. Yeah. Even when they finally made it to the party at the end, I was still like in fear for them because every, everyone was being so nice. I was like, what have they got planned here? I know it was almost like, remembering the end of Carrie well you know and I was like what is going to happen here and it, so it does take those tropes and turns on yeah. on its head and nothing happens to them and 
it was just so surprising and, and wonderful to watch. Yeah, because that thing when they walk in the party, that's, you know, normally it's taking that trope of the nerds and normally be like, oh, what are you doing here? But actually everyone was just like, oh my God, you're here. We've so hoped you'd come out. And it's like, yeah, actually, maybe that would be the world. Of course, yeah, we didn't see everybody at the party, but majority of it was your final year party and somebody had turned up that you didn't expect. You'd be like, oh my God, I never expected to see you. This is awesome. Because the majority of the world isn't evil and horrible. Um, don't get me wrong, the people are, but they've got their own problems. Um, yeah, and I think also, like with Amy and Molly's relationship, I think the other reason I love it is because it reminds me of my best friend Sarah that, you know, we're just like, yeah, you're dancing, you're silly. But also the ending, where they get in the car, we don't have this big soppy moment. The music does it for us and gives us that cover of... Um, oh, Unchained what? Melody. Unchained Melody. I was just like, oh. I can only think of Gareth... Is it Gareth Gates that sang that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know, I've shown my age, Jesus. Um, yeah, it's this moment you're like, yeah, how could you end that story? How could you end that friendship? And I think they do it really well where they're like, yeah, they're just walking away from each other. They're like, no, we're going to get pancakes. I'm like, great. Don't end it. Don't give us a clean cut. You know that they're going to have to move on with their lives, but not right at that moment. I love it. Um, and my last point was on the quite stylized sequences, you know, the doll sequence um, when they, the drug finally hits. Um, and then Pusha comes on when she's like discovering her doll body. Um, I thought that was like a really interesting way to take us on that kind of drug trip or whatever they're going through. Um, and yeah, I liked it because obviously they're given these characters at the murder mystery and they're like, no, we're just looking for the right party. Then they're forced to step into these through what's going on with their brains. Um, and I just thought that was a really funny sequence. I really enjoyed that. Um, and it was nice to throw it in there. And for a film that was so, it was so true and so realistic and you were so invested in it, I feel like that didn't break it, that doll scene at all for me. Um so yeah, I loved that. I loved that they threw that in there. And also the dance sequence that we've already spoken about, um, choreographed by Denna Thompson. I thought that was beautiful. And it was obviously her dreams. The lighting, as you said, Katrina, was amazing. And through that, you know, it's not a a location that we explored a lot. I think they run through that part with the plants once after that. But I just thought that dance sequence was beautifully executed and I love to see it. I love to see it in such a naturalistic film. I mean, I know there's flamboyant bits in it, but it just really heightened how incredible this whole night was for them. I know there were lows and there were highs, but just their brains were taken into a dream world. And this is them actually exploring the real world. Um, So yeah, the dance, I was very, very happy with that. Loved that. Would have loved to be a part of that. <laughs> so yeah, that was my final point. Yeah, I think also with the dance scene, the um, it, it goes on for just long enough before. Yeah. You, so you're questioning it, and then it's done before it gets too much, and you're like, oh gosh. Mm-hmm. And also the drug scene, I wrote down about that. Like the um, that it actually subtly takes down like the doll industry in Barbie, because it's just like my legs are too long, my body's too short, my boobs are too big. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, uh-huh. don't conform to that, because that old Barbie was rubbish. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I also like that they only did, they only brought up the dolls once. Once it was done, it was done. And the dance as well, once that was done, it was done. And we're carrying on with their journeys that are, you know, actually happening. Um, but yeah, love love that they just threw things like that at us. And we go with see, it. See the, the doll scene as well. I did expect, because like the, the dolls end up naked and they're, they're looking at themselves... I was thinking if they actually in real life stripped down and someone's going to walk into this room or and just see them and then they're going to kind of come back to reality and then they come down the stairs fully clothed still and I was like, right, okay, that's fine. And it gives us a little insight, like, is this what's going on in Gigi's head all the time? Who knows yeah. what's going on with that character, but she's brilliant. Yeah, she's the one character that doesn't go on a journey, but I'm like, I don't care. I just love mm-hmm. you, like, from beginning to end. It was an interesting thing about her. Apparently, she actually had a re- Gigi was a really small part, but they loved so much what she did that they wrote more scenes for her. Love it! I love it. I mean, it's a bit extreme when Gigi like dives off the yacht, but then when they see her at the next party and they're like, "How are you dry?" You just go with it because you know, like Gigi's in her own little world, and we're just gonna we're just gonna accept her world. I love that. I love it. Has anyone got any other notes or things they didn't like about the film? 
Gary, I'm looking at you. I know. I'm looking at you. No, there's nothing really too bad. So what I did like was the costumes when we're first introduced to Molly and Amy. Like, the costumes are quirky and they're funky. And it kind of just says so much about their characters from the start. Um, I just think we should mention some of the original comedy moments in it because usually with a comedy you can find the same types of laughs in this, but this is a few unique ones that I've not really seen in anything before. So when they are in the taxi and they're trying to watch the porn on the phone and it comes through the taxi speakers, that was just hilarious. <laughs> I really, really loved that scene. And we spoke about them kind of turning into dolls uh, when they take the drugs. And one of the other ones is when they are trying to rob the pizza guy and they use their hair <laughs> as a mask. I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. There were some really good comedic moments in it. And one other thing was what we've already mentioned was Nick and Ryan get together. So like the two people that they are almost chasing end up together. And I thought that was quite original as well. You don't see that as much. So, and also that's another use of music in that because when Molly notices them, um, there's a song come on that says like I'm a fool and it's like not only related to like Nick I'm a fool because I fell for you but also I'm a fool for shouting at Amy um, mm-hmm. yeah which is through that the comedy in it is brilliant I think that also comes down to the writing like there's just one liners that people hit out with that absolutely oh. break me <laughs> and also the end of that taxi scene when the, the principal turns around and is like oh is, is that Iggy Azalea <laughs> I'm just like is it Iggy Azalea no he says someone else but oh that just cracked me up yeah for me, it was just um, so many of Molly's lines are just so matter of fact. Like when she's saying like "pushy" is a compliment, and uh, like "excuse me, ma'am, are you um, judging other people's sexual preferences?" Like, stop that. Let's move on. Um, and oh, there's so many other ones, but I just love it when they're as well when they're complimenting each other. Oh, I can't even remember what they're saying, but they're like. Uh, who allowed you to be so gorgeous and all this and all that um, and I just love I love their characters I love the embodiment of them you took my breath away mm-hmm. yeah uh, I did guess as well that um, Amy was going to be sick during the lesbian bathroom scene but I didn't expect it to be so graphical with it <laughs> you know literally watched that like oh god no I know what's coming I also love that scene though as well because it's an exploration of a first time that isn't heteronormative or heterosexual should I say like it's not it's not a heterosexual first time having sex and it's proof that like hey first time having sex for anybody can be difficult and could be clumsy and you can get things wrong but that's okay um mm-hmm. yeah um yeah because they could have very easily taken that on to like a whole school rumour and the whole school knows about Amy being sick all over Hope and they didn't. It was okay and things worked out well and just because her first time didn't go to plan, doesn't matter. Life goes on. Because there was vulnerability for both in that scene, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think Hope's going to jump around and be like, she threw up at me, why, what were you doing? Uh, we were having sex and it went a bit wrong, like, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. I think, like, for me, there was one question I did have and this is kind of film and you're allowed to do this within film but I'm like how long is this night because it's clearly <laughs> summer because they finish school in the summer and they leave when it's dark and I'm like so you must have left at like 10 11 o'clock at night and your parents were like yeah that's fine see you later and I was like it's totally just your like artistic license and I can do whatever but I just came over thinking like you've been to three parties you've journeyed in between you've got stuck and I'm like it must be like four in the morning <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah because I, I actually agree I thought they were going to arrive at the party and it would be just like people sleeping on like armchairs and on the floor and like the party was kind of done you know but nope yeah I, yeah I would agree I, I can't think of anything else that I didn't like about the film I mean there was there was nothing that I didn't like I think I just got a, a wee bit bored in the middle slightly mm-hmm. but maybe maybe I need to watch it again mm. I definitely yeah. think it's one that the more you watch it the more you get out of it and I certainly I can't remember it. I spoke to a friend and I was like oh Books Bar I love it it's quickly become like my favourite film and they're like oh, I really didn't enjoy that and all the bits that we've talked about like well, mostly like the doll scene they're like I didn't get that I didn't get the dance sequence I just didn't get it and I was like that's interesting but I think the problem was as well it was so hyped up I didn't see it in the cinema mm-hmm. because I was like oh I'll come to it it's another one of these hyped ones and so I think I went in with quite low expectations and actually was so presently pleasantly surprised 
Um, yeah. And yeah, I think the more you watch it, the more you realise just how much they've packed into it um, and the references and everything. And it's a very intelligent film. Um, no, you're right. I think that was my problem was it was it was hyped so much for me that, yeah. Cool. Yes. So has anyone's final rating out of 10 changed? Gary, what about you? Okay, I'll, I'll go up a point, I think, after discussion. I'll go, I'll go to an 8, eight out of 10. Katrina? I think I'll still stick with... I don't know, it's hard because there's not really much I can pick a point. Maybe I got to like a 9.5 actually. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, it's like I... easily one of my favourite films, so... <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I'm the same. After talking about it, I'm like, actually, what did I not like about this? I'm going to go to a 9 out of 10 instead of 8.5 out of 10 just because like there's certain films that I feel are better and have more of an effect on me, but I just adore this as well. Yeah. So yeah, I have loved talking about this film. So let's take uh, a little break. No worries. It's a panda, okay? The panda. Whatever. Can we just stop talking about this, please? For the love of all things. Quick question. Just a quick cue. What happened to her eye? That fell off way before anything happened between us. Did she talk dirty to you? Mm Mm-mm. Tell you about how she's in danger. No! Stop! Do pandas roar? Stop! <laughs> you sneaky little bitch! I can't believe you didn't tell me that you have been mounting that tragic panda every single night. Yeah. This is honestly, honestly, it's exhilarating. I thought I knew everything about you. I think it's healthy for a relationship to have secrets, and now we have one. I have a secret for you. Okay, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I once tried to masturbate mm. with an electric toothbrush, but I got a Horrible UTI. Horrible. Like, horrible. I wish that would have been a secret, but you've mentioned it many, many times. Okay, so here we are at our quick fire quiz round for you, Katrina. Um, Gary and I have got five questions each for you. Here we go, I'll go first. What school is Molly going to after summer? Uh, Molly is going to. Uh, no, Yale. Yes. <laughs> okay. What is the first swear word in the film? Fuck. Fucking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, where is Amy spending her summer or her gap year? Botswana. Yes. Who plays Amy's mum? Um, I was going to see Phoebe Buffay. Lisa Kudrow. Yes. Who gives Molly and Amy a ride to next party? To the actual, their teacher, Miss Nice. I'll give you that one. Miss Fine. Miss Fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> nice. you got it right, yeah. Um, <laughs> what UK certificate was the film given? Ooh. Is it a 15? Yes. Ah. See, okay. What dolls slash characters do Molly and Amy turn into at the murder mystery party? <laughs> a sexy nurse and a sexy, like, farm girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, what year was Booksmart released? 2019. Mm-hmm. What does Jared's number plate say? Is it like fuckboy? Yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my last one, complete the tagline for the movie. Getting straight A's, giving... I don't know. No fucks? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. Is it zero fucks yet? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Nice. Very well. <laughs> I'm impressed. I was like, I was expected to absolutely flop that, but okay. <laughs> well, because I've expected to be like, right, who funded the film? Who was the fourth executive producer? Oh, be no, like, oh, no. oh, no. No, no. We just like the fun fun questions. Katrina, was that 10 out of 10? Uh, roughly, yeah. I yeah, think so. Yeah. If, I think if you, you allow me, they allow the slight ones, yeah. Yeah, I think you might actually be the first person to get 10 out of 10. Whoa. I thought it was Gordon on Alien 3, but he actually got one wrong. <laughs> oh, poor Gordon. Yeah, people arguing at you and being like, well, no, she said no fucks and not zero fucks. So. Yeah. And she called her Miss Fine. And I was like, that's just because I think she's fine. Like, looking. If we know what you mean, you get the point. <laughs> okay, so I have loved talking about Booksmart with you guys. And I just want to watch the film again right now. <laughs> so good. Um, so 
to start rounding off the episode, we're all going to share a fun fact of the day for you that is not really film related. So Gary, what's your fun fact of the day? So my fun fact of the day is Samsung tests their phone's durability with a butt-shaped robot. So what they, <laughs> what do, do, they is, do So they've built a robot basically because they've realised that everybody puts their phone in their back pocket and then sits down. So it's basically to test, like, will the phone smash or break or snap? Um, so they've created, yeah, a butt-shaped robot that even wears jeans and sits on their phones so they can take the pressure. Brilliant. I love it. I love it. Katrina, have you got a fun fact for us? Uh, I do. Learned this yesterday that um, there is something like seven River Avons in the UK and Avon is possibly Gallic? might not be Gallic, but it's a derivative, it's a word, it means river. Because basically what happened was when the Romans came over, they kept saying to people, what, what is this? And they kept going, Avon. And they thought that was the name of the river, so they just called it the River Avon. So there's a lot of rivers in the UK called River River. That is quite funny. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, and my fun fact is that an elephant's heart weighs around 30 pounds, and a human's heart actually only weighs around 10 ounces. And think how much we can love. So elephants must be full of love. And octopuses have three hearts. Didn't know that. Wow. Just thought it was a okay. lovely, lovely fact <laughs> for you all. Just Two very, very intelligent animals. <laughs> yeah, very humble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, going on from there, um, well, not linked to our fun facts at all, I'm sure. But we're all going to share a short film that we are loving that our listeners can watch. So Gary, what's your short film this week that you're promoting? So mine is a short film by a Scottish filmmaker, funnily enough, called Sarah Grant, who has released a new film called Shook, and you can find that on YouTube. We'll put a link in the show show notes, as we always do. Uh, And basically, the day before Emma leaves to visit her sister, preparations go south when Emma receives a terrifying phone call. Dun, dun, dun. And I'll leave it there. Nice, I'll need to check that out. Um, Katrina, have you got a short film you can share with us? I do. Um, It's a short film by a Scottish filmmaker called Charlotte Daniel, and it's called Eyes Down. Um, It's the story of a... um, It depicts Mary in her 60s, a trans woman early in her transition on her maiden journey on a bus. And it's just... Mm. It's a stunning little film. Um, I saw it back at the Scottish Short Film Festival... Um, but it's going to be on in the 16 Days 16 Films Festival, which I think is coming up. It starts on the 25th of November. Nice. I'll need to definitely check out that festival as well. Um, mm. And the short film I'm going to share is called Good Girls um, by filmmaker Neve McKeown. And it is the head girl Bonnie rounding up the school captains for a photo for the local newspaper. And they're all causing havoc in their own ways. Their personalities are incredible. Um, I've watched this film quite a few times and I love it. So yeah, you can find that one on Vimeo. Um, So yeah, definitely. So thank you so much, Katrina. You've been an amazing guest host. Um, And can you just tell our listeners where they can find you and where they can find a little bit more about the projects you're working on? Yes, of course. Um, Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute joy. Um, And so I'm on Twitter, uh, Katrina Allen underscore and you'll find a lot of my stuff on there. I'm also on Instagram. Um, my work you'll find up on the BBC The Social, so a lot there on Facebook. Um, they also have their own site. And I have two new shorts coming out with BBC Short Stuff um, with film director and creator Sarah Grant, um, <laughs> who we just talked about, uh, which is about two women in their 30s um, who are living life to their fullest, I shall say. So there's two shorts. They'll be coming out hopefully within the next few months. So if you keep your eye out on uh, BBC Short Stuff's Twitter, Instagram and Facebook page, you'll be able to find everything there. Love it. Thank you so much. Um, so as ever, I'm Ashley Sutherland. You can find me at, at Ashley Sutherland on Instagram or at Ash Sutherland for on Twitter. And I'm still Gary and you can still find me at Hugh Pro on Instagram and Twitter. For anyone who wants to get in touch with their views on the film or anything else about the podcast, you can email us at choosefilmpodcast at hotmail.com.
fab keep connecting with us keep uh, subscribing to the podcast leaving reviews let us know your thoughts um, because we love to hear we love to hear about them uh, so you have been listening to Choose Film a real retrospective podcast so join us next time with guest host Alistair Rennie who has chosen the film Step Brothers to talk about and we cannot wait thank you so much we'll see you next week thanks bye this conversation can serve